Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. The ACC has long been looking for a program other than Clemson to step up and be a college football playoff contender. Is this the year? We'll find out a lot this spring in practices across the conference. Hello, I'm Brendan Marcello. You're listening to the College Football Daily. It's Wednesday, March 22nd. A lot of questions to go through in the ACC this spring, a lot of position battles, and also some questions about whether some teams that have been flirting with eliteness can get there in this upcoming year. Meanwhile, you've got coaches going into their second year, whether it's at Virginia and, of course, at Miami, where Mario Cristobal had a disappointing debut as the Hurricanes head coach in 2022. What are the burning questions across this conference? as they go into spring practices across that great space in the college football landscape. Well, I've got five burning questions. Doesn't mean this is everything I'm thinking about this spring, but these are the five most important questions to look at as we kind of boil this all down into a nice stew for you to be able to to sip on and chew on. Number one, let's go to NC State. Will the real Brennan Armstrong please stand up? The former Virginia quarterback transferred to NC State here in this offseason and quiet move that not a lot of people talked about. Why? Well, Brennan Armstrong struggled last season, but I always go back to what he did in 2021 under Bronco Mendenhall, previously at Virginia. Threw for 4,449 yards and 31 touchdowns. Incredible numbers, record-setting numbers. He goes to NC State to take over for Devin Leary, who left the program to transfer to Kentucky after a somewhat disappointing year last season. They won eight games at NC State, but that was the year that they had circled on their calendars as the breakthrough year, the year that they could win the ACC. We saw them almost get there in 2020. 21 was supposed to be the year. It didn't happen. They don't return a lot of production this upcoming year. They rank 98th in that category, according to ESPN's analytics. But having said that, it certainly looks like they've had an upgraded quarterback, right? Well, Brendan Armstrong comes into that situation as a de facto starter, but he's got competition. He's got to go against Ben Finley and MJ Morris. And our NC State insider, Michael Clark, at 24-7 Sports, told me he thinks MJ Morris might be the most physically gifted quarterback that NC State has ever had. And interesting, if not completely silent quarterback battle there, as a lot of us seem to think that Brennan Armstrong will just assume the position and become the starter, but there's a lot more going on behind the scenes there to keep an eye on this spring. My second burning question in the ACC, will Clemson's offense be elite again? This is one of the the most talked about subjects the last two years in college football. Clemson's offense just hasn't been able to get back to that elite level we saw previously under Trevor Lawrence. A lot of criticism and insults for that matter, thrown at DJ Uyongole, the former quarterback who has now since transferred to Oregon State. He improved quite a bit on his numbers last season, and yet they weren't elite offensively despite having success. 
Why is that? They've been struggling at the receiver spot, guys not getting open and also dropping passes. So what does Clemson do? Well, Dabo Sweeney kind of bucks the the trends. He bucks our expectations. He surprisingly fires one of his guys, offensive coordinator Brandon Streeter, after only one year in calling plays there. And listen, Dabo Sweeney has gotten the stereotype, so to speak, of I'm just going to hold on to my guys and promote from within. That's what he did when both his OCs and DCs left after the 2021 season, and those had mixed results. In fact, offense is what actually improved after Tony Elliott, the OC, left to become the head coach at Virginia, and yet Brandon Streeter, promoted OC, is then fired less than a year later. He goes out and gets Garrett Riley the hottest offensive coordinator in the country, if not the hottest assistant coach in the country, coming off a national championship appearance and leading TCU in his first year as offensive coordinator there at the Big 12 school. A fantastic offense and semi-air raid system. And of course, everybody looks at Garrett Riley and thinks, hey, that's the other brother of Lincoln Riley, the USC head coach. Garrett Riley's offense was just absolutely lethal at TCU. He also had the help of a lot of seniors and juniors, including, of course, quarterback Max Duggan and receiver Quentin Johnson, who was maybe the best receiver in the country that no one really talked about enough. So he goes to Clemson with a lot of talent returning, but a pass offense that ranks 66th in the nation. He gets Kate Klubnick back at quarterback. Kate, of course, supplanting DJ Uyongole as a starter, finally, in the bowl game. But Klubnick threw two interceptions in that Orange Bowl loss to Tennessee, a 31-14 setback. Four offensive linemen return as starters. And then you've got running back Will Shipley, who rushed for 1,200 yards last season, also back. Here's the thing to keep an eye on. As much as everybody thinks of Garrett Riley as this guy who can come in and immediately upgrade that pass offense, don't expect an overnight change to where they're a top 10 offense in the passing game. TCU, for everything they did last season in that magical run to a national championship game, ranked 39th in pass offense with Max Duggan at quarterback, a Heisman Trophy candidate. So what does this offense look like? We'll start to get our answers this spring. And this is a really fascinating storyline to watch because Clemson is trying to get back in the playoff, trying to be a national championship contender. And Dabo Sweeney believes to do that, they've got to revamp that offense. More burning questions, including one that will hover over Florida State until the season kicks off after these messages. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Florida State has slowly but surely been getting back into the championship picture in the ACC. Mike Marvell 
has done a fantastic job the last two years in elevating the talent there, both through the transfer portal and on the recruiting trail, to get it back up to that championship caliber. Last season, they took a big step forward, winning 10 games and being in contention in the ACC Atlantic, finishing just behind Clemson, of course. But all three of those losses last season occurred in the ACC, which put them three games back of Clemson. What's holding Florida State back? Maybe it's just trying to get to that elite level in the trenches. You guys know this. Florida State has been much maligned ever since their national championship year, for that matter, back in 2013, that their offensive line has just not been up to snuff. In fact, it was one of the worst units in the Power Five, some would say, just a few years back, not all that long ago. And yet now we might be entering a season where we might be able to confidently say maybe Florida State's got an elite offensive line. You've got Robert Scott and Maurice Smith coming back. They both could be all this ACC type players. And then also, again, Florida State doing a great job in the transfer portal, adding offensive lineman transfers, Jeremiah Byers, Keandre Jones, and Casey Roddick. How will they fit in the picture this spring and going forward? And of course, when I talk to trenches, you also got to look at that defensive line. Huge news for them, perhaps the biggest news for them this offseason, was pass rusher Jared Verse returning this upcoming season. A lot of us thought he might go to the NFL, but he's coming back. A potential future top 10 pick in the NFL draft is back. And also, again, Florida State doing a great job in the portal, adding three four-star transfers up front. It certainly appears that the depth is there, but is it elite? Do they have three or four players on both sides of those lines that we will look at and be household names? If that is the case, Florida State very well could win the ACC and be in the national championship picture in the playoff. My fourth burning question in the ACC, are the new coordinators at Miami a better fit? Miami lost both of their coordinators this past offseason. Defensive coordinator Kevin Steele was hired away at Alabama to rejoin his mentor and friend, Nick Saban. And then also Josh Gaddis, the offensive coordinator, a Broyles Award winner just like 15 months ago, was fired by Mario Cristobal. And so Mario goes out, he hires Houston offensive coordinator Shannon Dawson, an air raid guy, and defensive coordinator Lance Guidry comes over from Tulane, where he was only there for a couple of weeks after leading a top five defense at Marshall. Of course, that Marshall defense helping lead them to a upset victory early in the season at Notre Dame. Lance Guidry, a guy who is well-respected in the industry and has been successful on defense at every single job he's been at. And it's amazing, you look at the numbers, how many numbers there in the top 15 or top 20 in defensive categories at every stop he's been at, but in particular, there at Marshall this past season. Shannon Dawson, the offensive coordinator, has an air raid system that I think is going to fit very well with returning quarterback Tyler Van Dyke. Van Dyke kind of fell off the cliff a little bit last season because of injury and as he adjusted to a new offense there. But he was very successful previously under then-offensive coordinator Rhett Lashley in 2021 when he came in off the bench. This is an opportunity, I think, for both coordinators to, one, acclimate themselves and also win over the fan base and those players early because there's really nowhere to go but up after that disappointing year last season, especially defensively. 
I think Kevin Steele is a fantastic defensive coordinator. He has won everywhere he's been, but there's some years where you just kind of scratch your head in some games where you're going, what's going on there? Of course, you look at the end of his Clemson tenure, and then even at Miami last season in his only year there, Miami ranked 126th nationally in giving up 60-yard plays or longer. There was five games where they allowed 40 points or more, and of course, one of those games being a loss at home to Middle Tennessee. That just does not set well with fans, and I don't think a lot of fans were all that upset when one, Josh Gaddis was fired as offensive coordinator, or when Nick Saban came calling and took Kevin Steele away. I think in a lot of ways, they just weren't good fits there under Mario Cristobal and what they were trying to do there, and yet I think they're both great coaches, and it's not a knock on them. I think they're both going to be successful at their new gigs, but Miami, do we see an immediate immediate trend upward offensively and defensively. We'll see those early answers and early returns this spring. And my fifth burning question, my final one, how will Virginia Tech improve that offense? Brent Price's first season as head coach of Virginia Tech was a complete letdown. They went three and eight, and that offense was just bad. They ended the year with a nice win against Liberty, but Liberty wasn't quite what it was at the end of the season and what it was in the middle of the year where they were ranked and also nearly pulled an upset on the road at Arkansas. But this Virginia Tech team was capable of more despite lacking in talent in a lot of spaces. But to finish 118th in scoring nationally and not even cracking 20 points per game, that's an issue. I'm not sure Virginia Tech made a lot of big moves in this offseason or to get a lot of attention, but they did alleviate some concerns for me. They went out and got three receivers out of the transfer portal, including a guy right down the road at Old Dominion and Ali Jennings, who's ranked number 30 in our transfer portal rankings. And then you look elsewhere, they got a quarterback in Kyron Drones, a dual threat quarterback from Baylor who is electric. Go watch the film on this guy. Kentucky and run slippery as all get out, man. This guy can slip through tackles and it's going to be interesting to watch in that Virginia tech offense, but he's got to go against last year's starter this spring an incumbent grant Wells. Wells was not impressive at all last year through as many touchdowns as interceptions, nine, and completed less than 60% of his passes. Taylor Bowen there elevated offensive coordinator has said he wants more quarterback run involved in that offense. And Drones fits the bill, guys. Go watch film on this guy. He certainly looks like he'll be the starter. And if not, something stinky (laughs) at Virginia Tech. Something's going on, and I would not be all that high on Virginia Tech. If Drones is a starter, you'll start to see a turnaround there. There's a lot to really improve upon. The defense was okay. It was good enough last year. That offense really slowed them down and what they were able to potentially achieve in the first season there under Brent Pry. Well, there you have it. There's, those are my biggest questions entering the spring in the ACC. It's not all my questions. If you even get to North Carolina as they try to fix their defense and their pass rush under defensive coordinator Gene Chizik. Gene Chizik talking all last preseason about how they're trying to be the number one defense in the country and be elite. And man, they were one of the worst defenses in the country, especially in the pass rush. And look at Virginia. How do they respond under Tony Elliott after so much turmoil and heartbreaking loss off the field for the Cavaliers? And Georgia Tech starting anew 
with an interim coach now elevated to permanent head coach with the new offensive coordinator in Buster Faulkner. What does that offense look like? So many questions across the ACC. And also, if you miss your favorite conference or just want a big recap on the big questions, the burning questions in the Power Five, go back through the College Football Daily archives and look for those episodes that have been airing over the last two weeks. This brings to an end our five-part series previewing the Power Five conferences. I've really enjoyed this, getting deep in the weeds across college football. It might be the quote-unquote off-season, but it's spring football and football is football. These storylines are what are going to determine which teams are successful and which teams are failures in 2023. I'm Brendan Marcello for our producer, Lance Glenn. Thanks for listening to the College Football Daily. We'll see you down the road.